When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So hello and welcome to Sturkers and Radar and Cut, our monthly podcast brought to you by Ping. And it's episode three, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in to episodes one and two. Still available to download wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget to check us out on social, Sturkers Radar on Twitter and Sturkers and Radar Pod on Insta. And sadly, just to let you all know, we're not together this episode. We are doing this uh, remotely. Unfortunately, I've been a, a little under the weather. Uh, so yeah, we're not together, but hopefully at Radar, that won't affect what we say and what we tell our listeners. But yeah, hopefully we'll be back together soon for the next episode. Yeah, hello everyone. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things, but this is what pods are all about. I, I've never done too many podcasts before and and uh, I'm loving doing this one, Sturkers and Radar, but it's one of those things that it's nice sometimes to do it like, like almost like a rock band back in the day on vinyl or mixing this really, you know, um, raw stuff. So this is a little different. When It's not like us sitting in the studio with Pete Monkey exactly. Pants or whatever he calls himself. <laughs> Producer Pete. Producer Pete, yeah. And Radar, I love the fact that, you know, our last episode where we were having a chat, weren't we? And I called you a hairy macho Australian. And a few people asking me since that last episode how I knew you were hairy. Well, now, Radar, everybody knows you're a hairy macho Australian because you did a topless video on Instagram, which has gone viral. Well, the thing is, the thing is I, I, I was standing in a little back garden. I keep a flat here in, in the UK and, and uh, in Berkshire and, and I'm just out there on the hot day the other evening and just had dinner and just started swinging the broom. And uh, as you do, and as, you do. as you do, and and my daughter just sneaked, she snuck up behind me and, and she, she started to film it. And then all of a sudden, the, the it just flew off. Now, people said to me, uh, they said, what was that all about? You know, you, you staged that. I said, no, I didn't. There's windows all around the flat and it could have taken someone's eye out. That was yeah. and it just flew off but i was going to post me looking for the 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 broom head in the bush because i'm still looking for it i can't find it and i'm gonna glue it back on but that was funny i I even had a chuckle like that i was just standing there even the way i stood there i went gee whiz look at the way i'm I'm like what's going on but but that was um yeah it was it was it's pretty cool very good. Have you read all your comments? There's a few comments about your physique as well. A few, got, a few, few people saying you look a bit buff and a bit ripped like Bryson. Have you read all your comments? No, 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 no. But I, I don't have to read comments to know I'm ripped. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I look like – I tell you what, you just don't go down to the local zoo because I'll end up walking out there with 12 <laughs> tranquilizer darts in my back. So there you go, ladies and gents. Told you he was hairy. And now you have a proof on Instagram. And hey, look, I missed the Open as well, which was such a... I was gutted about that, not being at the Open Championship. I was on my sick bed. I know you were there. I know you loved it. I know we're going to talk about the Open um, in a lot more detail in this pod. But my speed prediction... So I picked Ram as my first 
first prediction. Spieth, I nearly got two out of two. He came so close, didn't I? What a what an unbelievable effort by Spieth, that resurgence we've seen him on recently. Yeah, great choices for you. Again, it's 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 two nil to you. Um <laughs> Matt Jones. Well, I don't know what happened to him. Um, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't going uh, very well. And then I I, I picked uh, Mark Leishman actually on the week watching practice, and uh, he didn't go any uh, good any either. So, yeah, no, you're you're going well, very well with uh, your prediction. You should be with a betting company. They should make you a predictor or something like that because you're going very well with that stuff. But they've both played very well. Uh, Ram just couldn't get it going, but Spieth did get it moving on Sunday. But the eventual winner, he just outplayed them, and we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, why? Um, and people probably won't expect to hear what I've got to say, but uh, yeah, Morikara, great Open champion. It was amazing, wasn't it? And yeah, beginner's luck for me, I think, with those picks. And But I love the fact you're you're supporting your Aussies, which is always good to hear that. So well done. Now, listen, on the agenda for Radar's Rants this episode, what have we got first up, Radar? Well, yeah, I'm going to go straight into the Radar's Rant. A lot of people speak about Morikawa in the Open Championship. No one remembers. Sure, he played well, but no one remembers how he won that championship. They just remember good, solid play. But you've got to remember the up and down on four, down the right-hand side, in the Dell, flag, back right. He hit it to 16 feet, got it up and down on 10. He was over the back of the green, absolutely. And I'm, st- I'm walking with this last group as the op- at the Open. On over the back of 10, look, it was down in Adele and it had grass behind the ball. It was just unbelievable how he got it. I called if he gets this to worth to 15 feet, he'd do well. He got it to 10 feet. He hold it. And then he gets to 15. He misses it left in the wrong spot. He's got to go up and over a little hillock down and on, hit a down slope. And then it runs away from him. I said, if he gets this within 20 feet, job well done. Faldo was agreeing with me. He gets it to 15 feet. Holds it. These are the ones that win majors. It's, um, that's a rant for me because everyone's talking about his great play. Another one. I'm just. It's a rant in the go- in the right direction. Great to see another uh, event played in Ireland coming up with the girls and boys. Long overdue. Another one like we saw in Sweden. We we talk about um, the Olympics. I'm I'm very disappointed that Matsuyama wasn't up there lighting the torch together with his countrymen. I'm hearing that Tiger's foot is in bad shape. I've got rants coming everywhere, (laughs) Sturkers, everywhere. But the thing is, Morikawa up and downed himself three times from Alcatraz. Alcatraz. And you can't escape from Alcatraz. He did it three times to win the Open. People are forgetting that. He did. Unbelievable. Well said as well. I I want to talk a bit more on Morikawa as well. So I want to get into the Open in our little section off the back of our next guest. I also, just on that, Tiger, what have you heard then? Because I know Ricky, there's a couple of quotes in the media. Ricky's sort of been chatting to him and he's talked about his recovery. Ricky's, you know, good buddies that live in that Jupiter area in Florida. That the recovery is a long, hard road. What have you heard then? I've heard, um, now to speak, as you and I are in the media, and to speak out too loud, name people from very very good sources that Tiger's leg is, is, isn't going well and it's not going well, as you move into, you know, to later in life, things don't heal as quick. Hmm. I've just said, I've just said, can I just tell the viewers this? So radar, I can, our listeners rather, uh, Bonnie radar's daughter was out on the, was out on the source last night, got in at four, woke him up, 
and he's up at nine o'clock helping him technically get on Zoom. Because it's fair to say, I love you to bits, you know that. And you're, you have so many qualities, but I'd say your technical capabilities aren't the strongest. Is that fair? So Bonnie was up with you this morning after having, what, three, four hours sleep, yeah. setting you up on Zoom and making you a cup of coffee. And you've got a little coffee cup there and it's got the words daddy on it. Oh, you? you've noticed that. Gee whiz. <laughs> Bonnie, you've got the one with daddy on that. No, everyone's <laughs> taken the, you know. No, it's sweet. I'm not it's taking it. It's, it's cute. No, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, she's great. You know, those kids are 24. She's out till four in the morning, you know. But um, they've, they've missed it for a long time. But me, I was asleep. But where were, where was I on that? A tiger's, tiger's foot. <laughs> yeah, tiger's pad. We sort of, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm hearing that it's not going very well. And, and I hope. If Tiger listens to our podcast, which I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does as well. You know, he, he might be going, no, Radar, that's wrong. Uh, and I hope, Tiger, that is the case. But I've heard it's going to be long. It's whether he comes back and plays golf again with his son and, and his daughter and his friends, um, whether it, it, everyone's hoping that it's going to be a Ben Hogan deal when he broke his leg and 18 months later wins the US Open. You know, or a major, and it, Ty's going to do that. Uh, look, from what I'm hearing, I mean, this this is a serious uh, problem with the foot. It was a bad accident, uh, and um, I, I wish him all the best because we want to see Tiger back, even when it comes to, you know, t- playing in the Open, which he can, and the PGA Championship, which they can till the ripe old age of 60, even if they're not competing, just to see the great stroll the fairway. You know, I'm all for that. Definitely. And I know he's always talked, hasn't he, about being able to play with his play with his kids, like you said, play with his, his son, Charlie. And I think that's that's his big motivation. Hopefully, and we all want him to get back out there playing, but he's got a life to lead, hasn't he? And he's got yeah. he's got general day to day health. So. He's got nothing to prove, no. um, nothing to prove. He'll probably, you know, if he doesn't play, he probably have to sign on. Um, because it's very it's very expensive to live in Jupiter, Florida. <laughs> so, you know. And he's got that big old yacht to maintain That's as well. That's exactly he? right. So uh, privacy, isn't it? Or so it's called. Yeah, privacy, exactly. But you've got yeah. to keep all that going. So he might be down on the doll in the doll queue. So I doubt it. You know, <laughs> down to his last. Heavens, heavens knows. Uh, yeah, heaven knows. Anyway, I love the radars rants this week. Brilliant stuff. Should we? Uh, we welcome this week's guest. One of our, I think, both for, for both of us, one of our favourite much loved personalities. We're big fans, aren't we? We spoke to Tyrrell Hatton from his rental house at Royal St George's. Thanks for having me. I think I'm going to start with a very important question. First of all, I believe you went to the football on Sunday night. Are you over the disappointment already? Or are you still suffering with the sad loss of that fight against <laughs> Italy? Um, yeah, obviously it's, I guess, fortunate enough to, to, to go Yes, obviously I think everyone's still naturally disappointed with with the result. Uh, but as a as an atmosphere to kind of experience, it was yeah. The start of the game was just incredible. Like obviously the national anthem and and everything. I, I had goosebumps. It was it was pretty epic. It was amazing. It was amazing. Even Radar as an Aussie, you've been loving the football, haven't you, Radar? Well, yeah, yeah, because, um, you know, my kids live in the UK and uh, English mum, so, you know, I'm not going to cheer against someone who's, um, 
uh, a team that is not, um, you know, mat- against my children. But, you know, when the ashes comes around, it's a different story. And in the World Cup, it's going to be a different scenario when the green and gold, the mighty Australia, <laughs> lift the World Cup against England in the final. There we go. Full of it. Full of it as always. This is totally Yeah, exactly. It's nice to have some time with you. Look, we're sort of, there's a few things we want to get to. But first of all, I do want to ask you as well about your recent wedding day. Congratulations, by the way. Married to uh, you. your longtime fiance, Emily. And I, I know it was, a, it was a beautiful day. We saw the pictures. But I also understand it was a little calamitous. I, you were even late to your own wedding. Can you please tell us and our listeners what happened? Uh, yeah, so, uh, so we had a... We had a driver uh, booked, so we were we eloped up in Asheville, North Carolina, which wasn't our initial plan. Obviously, um, with COVID and everything, we we were meant to try and get married in Italy with immediate family and and friends. Um, but with COVID, we didn't want to push it back another year, so we ended up eloping in Asheville, um, up in the Blue Ridge Parkway, which was an hour and a half away from where we were staying. And the driver that we had booked basically turned up an hour late, which then made us 35 minutes late for our sort of ceremony. So when we got through the ceremony and we were meant to sort of have a like a 20 minute hike up and have like this amazing view. Um, but just after finishing the ceremony, it started absolutely tipping it down. So then we we then had to drive two miles down the road to get out of the rain, and we pulled over into a layby and had our wedding pictures on the side of the road. <laughs> oh, fantastic! That sounds great. Sounds better than if it all came together as it was supposed to. What a story! No. Yeah. So it was uh, it's typical. Something had to <laughs> something had to go wrong for us during during the day, but rain's good luck, right? Yeah, yeah. Rain's rain, you know. Well, you're married and it was a beautiful day and you're wedded bliss now, so it's all good. Carol, I feel as though you've had a, a really nice progression in the game, winning a couple of times up there at the Dunhill Links and then getting your card over there on the PGA Tour. Not winning straight away. Then you win the Arnold Palmer and it's a consistent rise up there. Do you feel that? Like some people get it fast and it doesn't, everything doesn't come as fast as they got there. I feel as though... The time you've done it in and you're grooving up the world rankings and big championships, it's all coming at a nice pace. Um, yeah, I guess so. I've been fortunate to sort of play well at, at the right time and, and, and win some win some big tournaments. You know, unfortunately, my major record hasn't been that great. Uh, I don't really know quite why that is. I don't. I don't try and treat them any differently. I don't um, like my mindset and how I'm trying to play during the week doesn't change. Um, so it just hasn't hasn't quite come together for us just yet. Um, so obviously the next step for me really is to sort of hopefully play some good golf and um, you know give, give myself a chance to chance to win. Obviously I haven't been in that position before, but with the experience I've got from winning uh, big events on the, the European tour and winning on the PJ tour, hopefully that experience can kind of serve me well if I do give myself an opportunity on Sunday. Definitely. And we wish, we wish you well with that. Now, Tyrrell, I know 
I know you're kind of you're you're known for giving yourself sometimes a little bit of a roasting after a bad shot. And I know I've spoken to you before with various interviews about this and, and obviously the piece you did with the European tour recently, when you're feeling glum, pop up your thumb. That little technique which I know you've been working on and, and sort of looking at your positive mental attitude. We love you for it because you're emotional, you wear your heart on your sleeve and you're you're a character, you're you're brilliant to watch, as well as being obviously a world class golfer. You I think the fans kind of warm and engage to you. How do you balance being Tyrrell, but also sometimes trying to ensure that sometimes your emotions don't get the better of you? Yeah, uh, I guess um, my reactions are pretty honest to, to what I'm feeling at the time compared to uh, some of the lads that will be more like robots and that's just how they deal with it. Yeah, there's there's times when there's probably I, I can go too far with it. Uh, but more often than not, it's not sort of really affecting me on on the next shot. I guess throughout the course of the week, as uh, well, as the week goes on, um, certainly if you're doing better in the tournament, then there's that more pressure kind of gets added, and it'd be easier to sort of lose my call effectively. <laughs> So, but hopefully with the the experience that I've kind of got now of being in, in that position a few times that I've, I've learned how to deal with it better. Um, you know, there's going to be, there's still going to be some days where I'll, I'll have the chance to win and I'll probably lose my head. And um, it's just one of those things where we're human and we make mistakes. And um, obviously I'll, I'll try my best to, to, to limit that as much as possible. Well, I don't know if it is a mistake. You know, when you first started, yeah, people kind of looked at it and went, well, the people before you have done it as well, like Stadler did it worse than you've ever done it. And the thing is, you know, you know, it's one, it's one of those that uh, I think it's been great, so refreshing. You know, I didn't say that five years ago when you first came out, but now it's refreshing. And I think the fans do too, because I feel as though you're starting to get yourself a nice cult following and, and people are looking at it and having a giggle with you. And, you know, it's, it's just you wear your heart on your sleeve. And the great thing is, sure, you can dismiss it, which is for the next shot, which is uh, that's a great talent within itself. Yeah, and I guess... Um... Certainly for the the normal club golfers, it's it's probably what they'd see in a monthly medal at the weekend anyway. Um, so some of some of them might find it amusing that there's someone on the tour doing it too. Um, but I, I'd say sort of initially, obviously from first coming on tour, the I'll say I'll use the word feedback that I got on social media wasn't um, wasn't very pleasant. And obviously, you know, it's not it's not nice reading some of the message m- messages that you get, but that's uh, unfortunately part of uh, social media these days. Although I have got better over time, and people, I guess, have got a little bit more used to what I'm like. Um, the sort of reaction has has changed a little bit, and you know, thankfully, I've been able to play some some good golf too, which uh, which I guess helps. Snapping four shafts on the ninth hole in Western Australia on one hole is my record, Gerald. You're you're an angel. That's a cracking effort, to be fair. Listen, we love your honesty as well. You always give, you know, whenever we've spoken to you at Sky, you always give an honest account. So, you know, we appreciate that. And I think, I think, Red, I would all agree. Just Tyrrell keep being Tyrrell because, like you said, it is refreshing. Oh, we love watching him. 
I've written about it as well. You know, I wrote about it, it, it. You know, like if people try to change Tyrrell, I mean, I don't know what he thinks, but you know, he mightn't play as well. You just be you and play whatever's working, and it's certainly working. You just keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the social media there. I, I did want to pick up on the hoodie debate. I know this was last year, but I think it's something that we all kind of, as golf fans, we're all trying to make the game more relaxed, more fun, more inclusive. Yeah. Taking that incident and looking at how you kind of live your life and your journey and, and job as a professional golfer, how passionate do you kind of feel about that, about, about golf as all of us being more expressive and golf to be more inclusive? How passionate do you kind of take your role as professional golfer to help the game in that regard? Yeah, I mean, well, the, the hoodie uh, debate from Wentworth was was um I, I was quite surprised at how uh divided and how much attention it kind of got certainly um you know i wasn't the first person to wear a hoodie on the golf course so for for it to blow up as it did was <laughs> was a bit of a surprise um but secondly i was i was amazed at how golf clubs were then sending out emails um, with regarding to like dress code and it's just golf I guess kind of has a has a bad reputation for being a snobby uh, sort of sport and um, that's certainly not gonna make people want to play um, I don't I mean don't get me wrong if it's like a, a hoodie with like, a big print over it that's not really I wouldn't say that that's kind of golf um, golf attire, effectively. Um, but for like a plain hoodie that I was wearing with the, you know, trousers that is designed to be able to swing a golf club in with how it moves. Um, you know, I don't really see what, what the issue is. Um, it's certainly less offensive than a, a printed jumper that doesn't look great, but because it's a jumper, you can effectively wear it. But yeah, I think, I think um, clothing needs to be a little bit more relaxed and what you can and can't wear on at golf courses. And um, I think golf's on a little bit of a boom now anyway, through, through the pandemic and just being able to get outside again. Um, and I guess golf clubs probably need to, uh, uh, be a little bit more relaxed with, with what they suggest for their dress codes. And then we talk about the hoodie, and then they're all speaking about it, especially in America, and then they're all wearing them. Justin, Thomas, they're all, they've all got the hoodies on, which <laughs> got me. I mean, you know, we, we're not we, – we, you're right. You know, the game – this is a cool game, and, you know, we're keeping it – some people are trying to keep it back in the dark ages where you've got to have the leather patches on the elbows and the dandruff, dandruff on the shoulders. I mean, come <laughs> on. This is a cool game, and you guys are making it cool, and long may it continue. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously Adidas have been um, pretty creative with some of the stuff that they're bringing out from from last year and the start of this year too. Um, obviously, trying to move the game forward and what's acceptable to wear on on the golf course. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll keep keep pushing the boundaries and um, make golf more fun. Absolutely. Where where do you stand, Tyrrell, on the on the joggers? You know, showing a bit of ankle, like I know Ricky's done it in the past. Eric Van Royen. 
Would you be up for that? Would Adidas sort you out with that? Well, they actually do a they do a rolled up trouser. Um, I actually wore it on the Friday of um, the Masters. So I have have worn them a few times this year. It's not something that I've worn uh, casually, if I'm on it. But yeah, wearing it on the golf course, I thought it was like a, it was a pretty cool look. Um, Quite a sporty look too. And Any of the green jackets say anything? Um, if they did, it, it wasn't to me. <laughs> um, but that, that, what a combo that would have been, the rolled up trouser and the hoodie at Augusta. And a green jacket. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a stretch too far for me with my little fade around there. <laughs> with, a huge piece, with a huge piece of gum in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little sip. <laughs> so we'll have to get you a pair of those for your on-course commentary. What do you reckon, Till? Do you reckon, do you reckon he could rock those? Ah, uh, just, why not? <laughs> no, not happening. Not, not, not happening. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Till, we do have a little section. We ask all our, all our, all our guests on the radar. It's called I'll Have a Mulligan, Please, where we ask a player one thing they could redo in their career, or it could be in your life, so it could be on and off the golf course. If you were to have a mulligan, what would it be? Uh, Getting another taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, do you know what? The first, if we're, if we're purely talking from being a professional, like golf on tour, if I could take a mulligan, it would be, first thing that comes to mind is 18th hole, DP world, <laughs> And I've hit driver off the tee. I had a one-shot lead at the time. Just hold, just hold a bunk shot on 17 for par. And, yeah, I've got a one-shot lead playing the last, although Fitzy was the, was the group behind. Um, and I've hit, three, uh, I've hit driver into the water hazard. I mean, I, I was driving the ball great that day, and I was, like, I was fine with driver, but it, it made it almost too narrow a target. Whereas if I just hit three-wood... Um, I probably would have more likely if, uh, on the line that hit with driver I'd have been safely in the fairway and I probably could have got to the green in two but yeah I ended up hitting driver into the hazard make six and then Fitzy birdies the last um, to obviously to win by one so that was um, I think that was in 2016 I hadn't long just won my first event the Dunhill Dunhill links Um so yeah, that that was a that was a pretty tough one to take, to be honest. Uh, yeah, you're still talking about it. You're still talking about it, so it must have been a little bit of a stinger. It's it's yeah. I mean, it, look, it's always interesting to hear what players have to say. But yeah, again, honest in 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 your response there. We're going to come to our quick nine radar because this is always this is always fun with our guests. So quick nine, best city for a night out. Oh God, I'm t- <laughs> should be a quick. I'm, I'll just say Prague. Favourite club? Devonwood. Best present to yourself after a fat check? This will be good. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I played a round with Radar from Ping. You've shown up in a Lamborghini. Surely that's got to be up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, say a new watch. A new watch. I'm going to details. Okay. Um, very, I'm a very private person. 
Yeah. Are you? You can tell by my social media, it's just all golf stuff. Golf football. I know golf football and cars, three of your passions, obviously. Yeah. Um, swing you most admire on tour? Mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the first name that came to my mind. <laughs> uh, I'll, say, I'll say Adam Scott. Yeah, good answer. Had a couple of those. Uh, favourite tipple? Oh, it's a tough one between a hazy IPA and a re- or red wine. Mm. I'll go beer. Hazy, hazy IPA. Okay, nice. What's your favourite event? Uh, BMW PGA. Nice, good answer. Favourite quote or mantra, something that you try and live your life by? I think, well, favourite quote for, for golf would be aim small, miss small. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Like that one? Yeah, yeah oh, I really from, like that. Um, is it American Sniper? Is it American Sniper? Is that the film? Bradley Cooper, yeah. Yeah. He says, he says aim small, miss small. And I quite liked it, so. Yeah, that was for the Sniper, yeah. And you've yeah. turned it into, oh, see, he's smart. He's smarter than we give him credit for, Sturkin. He is. He's clever. He's clever. <laughs> he is. Hey, what, my 11 plus results and GCSEs wouldn't suggest that, but. No, well, <laughs> you should have checked my report card out. <laughs> and what about standout career shot? We've talked about you, Mulligan. What about standout career shot? Standout career shot. Got to be at Arnold Palmer, surely, Bay Hill. Uh, yeah, well, I think the yeah, the seven the seven iron that hit into eighteen at Bay Hill was, and it was. I was I was in between six iron and seven iron because the wind was in off the right, and I was scared about if I hit the seven and it spun up a little bit, it'd be short, and obviously there was just no miss there, and it and um, my caddy Mick. Um, he said just hit the seven iron so I've obviously got seven iron and as as I'm walking into the ball I just felt like the wind just just drop and it and it just felt like that was like my moment it was just absolutely perfect it, the wind couldn't have just dropped at a, a better time and I just felt so comfortable that I could just stand there and make a good swing and yeah thankfully managed to hit it onto the green to 15, 20 feet, which is probably the, the quickest 20 foot putt that I've had in my life. Um, and certainly the scariest when the putter heads like wobbling behind the ball. But yeah, that was, uh, that would probably be that. That's one shot that will come to mind for sure. Amazing. You've had a few, but that was a, a beauty. And finally, Tyrrell, just um, Emily won't mind you're married now, but celebrity crush, who would it be? Oh, blimey. <laughs> celebrity crush. She's staring at me from across the table at the moment. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You don't have to say it, but I'll say Penelope Cruz for you. Too fast. I can't, I can't pronounce her surname, but as it would be, her name's Emily. Emily Blunt. No. So Emily, <laughs> uh, oh, I can't even pronounce the surname, yeah. But she's hot anyway, and she's your celebrity friend. Yeah, I'll, I'll choose her. Uh, we'll just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, one more, Tyrrell. One more for you. Ryder Cup, you're going, you're going. Where does that event rate up there for you, uh, in, uh, you know, going against the Americans? Where, where does it stand for you? 
that's really the kind of only I'm not much of a like a goal setter if I'm honest at the start of each year I don't kind of sort of plan things out but for for this year that was one thing I, I wanted to achieve I wanted to be on the Ryder Cup team again um, see in Paris it was a just a, an unbelievable experience um, <laughs> mate home sort of Ryder Cup making a debut was, was pretty special um, but I kind of wanted to wanted to experience the Ryder Cup out in the out in the US um, although the atmosphere will be very very different to what we experience in Paris yeah hopefully that I can I don't think I'm guaranteed on the team yet um, uh, yeah yeah yeah, no, mate, you're, you you mate, you book yourself a seat. You get yourself in 52B. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But, yeah, I, I wanted to be on that team this year and um, yeah, there's still, still a bit of golf to be played between now and then. Um, obviously, we're in a good position at the moment. And, uh, right. yeah, I, I, I would love to be there in, in September. Well, listen, we wish you all the very best this week. Thank you Have very a good much. Have one. And um, yeah, keep in Tyrrell, and we'll uh, we'll we'll speak to you soon. Thanks again. Right. Good on you, Tyrrell. Thank see you. you out there, man. Cheers, guys. Oh, brilliant to have Tyrrell with us, and of course with the Open Championship, it was great from joining us from his rental home. But I think Radar, you know, he's he kind of said it at the end of the interview there. Quite a shy guy, kind of not what you expect. But I always find him so endearing. I know you're a massive fan, aren't you? I certainly am. Yeah, yeah. He's uh. When he first came out, I was I, I've stood next to broadcasters in America, and they've they've said, "Well, what's this guy all about?" You know, he carries on and carries on. Yeah, and I, I said, "Yeah, but that's the way he is, and he can seriously play." And then they said, "Oh, I don't know about that." And then the next minute, he's winning two um, Dunhill Links up mm-hmm. there. Then he's winning Rolex events, and he's one of those. He's won one on the PJ Tour now, the Arnold Palmer, which is massive event. He's just a, a really good dude and a fantastic player. Uh, he's quietened up a, a little of late. I thought he'd do better in the open, but um, yeah, Tyrrell Hatton is, you, you should be very proud of him. And I, I feel as though he is the man in the future that is going to take over as the new postman in the Ryder cup. I think he's got to got the sort of bulldog mentality as Ian Poulter has Tyrrell Hatton. And I think he's going to be one that anyone would want to play with. And they both, Poulter and Tyrrell uh, do something very well. And that is part under pressure very well. So uh, I think you know, that wouldn't be a bad pairing in the, um, in, in the Ryder cup, Poulter and Tyrrell. I'm not sure if captain Harrington has looked at that one. Maybe they want to spread them both out, but I don't think they need to because they've got so much depth in their squad that that would deliver a point Hatton and Poulter. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of, of Tyrrell's um, the way Tyrrell plays. Totally agree. And like I said, great to have him with us on the pod. And yeah, always been great whenever we've spoken to him at, at Sky, wanted an interview. He always obliges. So yeah, top man and I agree with you. Brilliant putter under pressure and, and well liked on tour. So yeah, great to have Tyrrell with us. Now, I guess when we're looking at some other stories or debates or talking points, I just want to go back to Marikara because I know you you picked up on him there in Radar's rants and you talked about, I guess, some of the, the up and downs and some of the short game skills, which probably maybe not highlighted enough. But I just want to talk, Radar, put yourself, you know, take yourself back to 24 years of age. And a lot's made about this. The young guys, when they come through, their ability, we've seen with Victor Hovland, we've seen with Matt Wolf, these young guys out of college, ability to win and to succeed and to achieve so early. 
But how how different is Morikawa with that maturity? How special is it that at 24 years of age, I was watching, obviously I said I wasn't there, seeing that young man striding down the fairway, seemingly oblivious to any sort of pressure. How rare and how special is that talent and that level of maturity at that age? Super rare. One thing I do out on the golf course when I'm doing my on-course stuff is I like to look in their eyes when they're under pressure, even whether it's make, trying to make the cut, Sarah, or if it's trying to win a tournament. I looked in his eyes and it, it was like he was walking around with his pals on a Sunday afternoon. And he, that's a very special talent, you know, to be 24 and to already have bagged two majors. He's halfway to the grand slam. Uh, that, that's, that's huge. You already got the PJ, already got the open. The Masters might, I might question, that's turned into a bit of a, a bomber's golf course. Matsuyama mm. hit it so long that week. Uh, he, you know, he's not overly long. This guy will baffle you, baffle you with science. And I think it's, it's uh, obvious, blatantly obvious, uh, Morikawa, how intelligent the lad is. Mm. Uh, he, he's a very smart golfer. And probably the smartest of the modern-ish era as an eight-time major champion in Tom Watson, a very, very intelligent man. And I think Morikawa fits under that umbrella with Watson as being super, super intelligent. Some guys are intelligent and great golfers. Others like um, Woods were just yeah. great golfers and had a great golfing mind. Um, but Morikawa fits the, the all, all – he ticks all the boxes. This guy is, is seriously the real deal. Because he's got that kind of, I always, I, I always say this, but I'm very into kind of like the psychology and what makes a, what makes them tick and and what goes on between the ears. And I, and I think he's so. We talk about guys who was kind of good with the media. I mean, he's got it all, hasn't he? He's a marketeer's dream. He he stands there, he talks to the media. He he's, as we mentioned, the maturity. But he's he's calm, isn't he? He doesn't, you know, media asking questions week in week out. Yeah. He handles it. Everything just seems to come really easily to him. Just that, just that amazing kind of talent. I think, you know, when he won, were you at Concession? Did you cover that week when he won? No, I, I did not. That, that WGC event, yeah. like the buried elephants everywhere. Because <laughs> he, um, he got, when he got some advice, didn't he? He was sort of, I think it was Marco Miras helped him a little bit with the putting side of things. He's not afraid at that age. A lot of young guys can sort of think, you know, they're on their own path and know what they're doing. This is my this is my way forward. He's not afraid to kind of to look out of his box and say, right, what do I need to to, to do to get better? Look, and I think that that's special as well. The ability to to say, I don't know it all. I'm going to glean all the experience I can from people who've been there and done it before. I, I, I spoke on course last week to Bones, Jim Mackay, great caddy, obviously with Phil Mickelson, so many years now, a fine broadcaster over there in the states, and he reckons he's the best player in the world now. And I said, why is that? He said, do you know, this guy at school, when he went to school, he, they, they wanted him to pull out after, for, for the last year. He said, no, I'm going to stay. And evidently the reason for him staying in the last year, even though he, grad, and he graduated, he wanted to work out who his management was going to be. Hmm. He wasn't on tour yet. Yeah. He wanted to know who his management was going to be. He wanted to know who his coach was going to be. He wanted to know where he was going to live, evidently Las Vegas. Um, he wanted to work, map out everything in his career before he actually was on tour. Now, yeah. what, what sort of confidence is that? Yeah, exactly. That, that's, exactly. that's pretty weird stuff. And then we go to the Scottish Open and he shows up there, never played Lynx Gold before. I'm walking with him that day. And he's five over after five on the Sunday, putting like Edward Scissorhands. And I just went, 
this guy's got no chance next week. What are they talking about? And then he wins the Open. I mean, it's like he went there for a practice, sunk, sank all into his brain, and, and he, he, he wins the Open. I mean, it's I just unreal. Five over after five on Sunday he was. I know. And he putted, like you mentioned, the saw grip and the Marco Mirror kind of help. He putted brilliantly at the Open Championship. What about Scotland then? And that, that field was superb, wasn't it? And we, we've seen what a, what a preparation is the Scottish Open to have to get the American, you know, quite a few of the Americans, Justin Thomas came over. How much stronger do you think that field will get year in, year out, given what Colin's just done coming over and getting the Open prep in that week? I think um, I think it'll just just improve every year. I mean, back in the day, I won the Scottish Open at Canoosti, and then we went to the Open Championship venue, which was St Andrews. Too hard. Like you yeah. play Canoosti, you know you've played a golf tournament. Uh, but but the Renaissance Club is friendly compared to the Open Championship, and I think the Scottish Open, the Aberdeen Asset Scot- Scottish Open, have got it right. I mean, they they you, you get the bumps, you get. Pitching into little hillocks and putting on slower greens. You get the wind. So you need everything and you learn it in Scotland at that Renaissance Club before you go to any open venue, which next year is going to be St. Andrews. So it's, it's one of those that ticks every box. And I think the guys will continue to come. They'll all look at it. Well, now Morikawa won. What are they all going to go? Well, well that's, that, that, that's not very good. But you see a lot of Americans. They don't seem to be bothered. They'd rather go and play the, the, um, the, John, Deere, the John Deere. I mean, jump on their mowers over there on the John Deere and play soft golf courses yeah. when you could play in Scotland. But we've got to remember, not everyone can get in. There's only 10 invites. Sure, yeah. But it was significant, like you said, that he played the week before, obviously, Open Championship debut. Just unbelievable. Did you hear as well how you were with him? Do you notice? (laughs) So I was reading it. And Morikawa has come out and spoken on this podcast. Did you hear this about the farting noise on 18? No. Have you heard this? You've not heard this? Well, they heard me. (laughs) No. I was going to say, you must have been guilty of that at some point in your, as your on-course commentator career has developed. I'm sure you've been no, guilty. I hear, yeah, I hear all sorts of things. Yeah. But it's not me. I, anyway, I don't fart. I pass, <laughs> I pass wind. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Um, so some spectator at some point, there was a little old school microphone that he snuck in, threw it under one of the marshals as, um, as Morikawa was about to tee off on his final hole and he had to back off. <laughs> well, he's only human. Yeah, right? I can't believe you didn't hear Better so out that. than in. No, I haven't heard that. No, that that tickled me a little bit. But how? I Obvious, mean, obviously. <laughs> even that doesn't. Sarah, the Phantom Potter. <laughs> even that doesn't put him off, and he backs off, and then he. Oh, I just think the guy. The guy. I'm a huge fan. I think the guy's incredible. Yep. That to deal with stuff under pressure. So, uh, so yeah, and. Uh, what about the fake pundit video from Scotland as well? I love that. Morikawa featured in that. Were you, were you involved in any way with that? No, no, nothing to do with me. That, um, yeah, but I thought that was really good, uh, the way Morikawa said the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's, it was uh, – they didn't have a clue. Yeah, ETP did that, and um, I, 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 they come up with some great content. They've got a lot of good people working for them. I hope they're looking after them. Because um, a lot of that stuff's very hard to do. And uh, that guy was, was a genius. A lot of the Americans out in the golf course were on the practice range. They come over and they say, Who's, who is that guy? And, you know, I, I said, I don't know. He's, he's uh, you know, he's from Ireland, obviously. But 
But it's funny with the Americans. Sometimes we talk about the Americans not getting our, our humor over here. And I always think it's it's great when they come over and kind of not experience the European tour kind of way of life and the difference between the two. I always think it's brilliant. And I, I think Morikara handled it, handled it really well. Well, the well, Americans, like, if I tell them, if I say something quick, like Roger Morpy, who I walk the furway with over there all the time, he gets it straight away. But a lot yeah. of the Americans over there, I'll say something to him, which you think is quite funny. And then they'll walk about 15 paces and I'll turn around and go, <laughs> and then they, it takes it takes them a long time to digest humor. It's, it's, it's it. a, a beamer. Look, a beamer's perfect, isn't he? I mean, beamer yeah. just gets it straight away. Yeah, but it's, have one the, sarcasm of those kind of, the sarcasm kind of goes over their head a little bit, right? And it it's does. Just, it, yeah. Oh, you can say things to them over there and they just laugh and you, you're yeah. actually taking the pee. I mean, you know, half of them haven't got passports, for heaven's sake. I get in the back of a cab once in, in, in New York, and I said, take me to wherever I have to go. And he said, where are you from? I said, Australia. He said, where in the States is that? I'm like, what? I mean, they are just, oh, they're, they're, they're out there. They are. I went to college in Texas for a year on a tennis scholarship, and um, half the people, well, maybe not, maybe 75% of Texans haven't left Texas. They haven't left their own state. Never mind America. They I, literally haven't crossed the border. I know. That's I know. That is, uh, that's unreal, isn't it? It is. And Radar, quickly as well, Big Mike Visaki. You know, I'm a big fan of Big Mike Visaki. Yeah. The month qualifier for the Valspar, mini tour legend, that tearful call to his dad, of course, when he, um, when he qualified for the Valspar. That conversation has been viewed 1.6 million times on Facebook. He's just won the Waterloo Open for his biggest check of his career, 50 grand for his 38 professional victory. So I just wanted to get that in because I think um, we're all kind of following, well, I hope you are listening, following Big Mike's progress, being supported a little bit financially by Justin Thomas. Yeah, well. full credit to Justin. He'll be yeah. asking for his money back. He will, he will. But that's a nice little touch as well. Yeah, really nice to see someone like that obviously wants to move along and then move on his way to win that. You know, you're playing professional golf and you go out there working week to week and, you know, going to each place. It's expensive. You've got to take a caddy. And you know, to win 50K, that's going to keep him going for, you know, you're probably, well, about five minutes. Um, but but no, it'll, no, it'll be it'll be keep him going for six months on the road, probably probably driving around in a car from small event to small or event. But you've got to start somewhere, Sarah. Full credit, exactly. full credit indeed. And a quick word just to wrap up the open stuff: walking the fairways with the fans out in force. How special was that? Just to see them, you know, not not full capacity, but a lot. What was it, thirty two thousand a day? It was special, wasn't it? The weather played its part, but to just to have the fans there again in significant numbers. Yeah, they are coming amazing. on the back nine, especially well, the hill on six. Um, it, 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 it was all absolutely marvellous. They they were boisterous. They loved it, uh, like the last one two years ago. Now at Port Rush, they are so enthusiastic. People who go to the Open are the most knowledgeable crowds. I've ever walked with. I mean, they are, and to walk, you know, as I do with that last group on Sunday, it truly is a magnificent spectacle to know what they are playing for and the crowds. We, we, we wouldn't, we were nothing without the crowds, you know, like, you know, people didn't watch golf on sky or watch this podcast. I mean, what, what you can't sell advertisements because no one's watching it. No one's interested. And, you know, it's just the, the golfers and the, the spectators, not all golfers watch golf. You know, a lot of people watch golf because they just love it and find it soothing. Fair play to them. 
but yeah, without them, we're nothing. And it was great to see them back. They, they, they were all like so chuffed to be there and mm-hmm. you could see it in their faces. Everyone had a smile on their face and, uh, and rightly so. It was just a great Open Championship. And welcome back, everyone. We missed you. Indeed. It certainly was an amazing Open Championship. We loved it. And as you said, amazing to have the fans back. Now, of course, you've had Radar's Rants. Now it's time for Stirked Me. What has irked me in the world of golf over the last sort of three or four weeks or so? Always interesting whether you agree with me on this. I know we had our little debate about the Olympics. I think you might agree with me on this one. What has irked me this month? is Bryson DeChambeau. Now, in the last episode, I was really kind of, I was really for Bryson DeChambeau. I was, I was on his side, wasn't I? I was backing him up because I think Brooks Kepka had been, he was needling him a bit, the kind of bullying tactics that I've seen with Brooks and Bryson. And I, I was kind of backing Bryson up. I was kind of saying, you know, Brooks, lay off him. I feel a bit sorry for him. I've got massive respect for Bryson DeChambeau, massive respect for what he's done, the ability to say, I'm going to transform my body. I'm going to transform my game. Goes on to win a major championship. But there is a side that some people do not like about Bryson DeChambeau. And I think it came to the fore, didn't it, at the Open Championship. So he was embroiled in this war of words with his equipment manufacturer after stating his driver sucked. That was after the, uh, what is opening round 71 at the Open Championship. And... I just thought it was poor. He did come out what the next day and apologize and say it was bad. I shouldn't have done that. But I think right off of me in that, in that moment, you know, professional golfers, professional athletes, they're, they're high pressure, high intensity. They're, this is their life, their career, their, their whole, it consumes themselves. I get that. They, they play a golf or they, they play around a round of golf. They play a tournament, they play around. It's everything. And in the aftermath of that, if it hasn't gone very well, they are hugely disappointed and emotions run high, emotions boil over. But I think in that moment, it just needs, we've talked, and I think it's it's interesting talking about Bryson when we've talked so much about Colin Morikawa and the maturity at 24 years of age. This is part of being a professional athlete, part of being a professional golfer, your ability to handle things, the emotions and handle the media is part of it. We're sticking a microphone in the face immediately after they walked off the golf course week in, week out. But this is part of it. They have a great life. They're multimillionaires. They have to deal with all this. And I just thought in that moment to come out and say, my driver sucks and basically have a go at Cobra, his manufacturer. I just thought that was really poor. And I think we saw that, to be honest, we saw that immaturity with Bryson. And I think for me, I just thought it was a bit pathetic. Oh, it was pathetic. It was yeah. pathetic. I mean, he yeah. should actually be um, let go. I mean, you, you can't with a with a manufacturer. You can't. He, he, Bryson could walk through the cauldron where you stand with our sky cart and present shows, and he has the opportunity to say nothing and just walk straight by them, and the press will go, "Well, he was rude. Fine." But how many guys do that week and week? And we see that quite often. The guys. I mean, I've had it loads of times. You request an interview, even if. You know, even if someone's had a shocker, sometimes there's a story or they're a big name and they've come in as a pre-tournament favourite. You want to speak to them. And that's hard in your, your position. That's your job to try and get something out of that player when they're having a head off and they feel like effing and blinding. That's your job. Some of them, as you said, they don't talk. Mm. And sometimes you just say, that's fine. Yep. I agree. In that moment, why not just walk past? Why stand there and have a pop at your manufacturer who worked there backsides off for weeks for years trying to get you the absolute best equipment for your game and what you're trying to do in golf that are giving you five million a year probably 
Yeah. Five million a year. Look, I heard that what they said, um, his manufacturer said, how can you hit it straight, Bryson, when you're swinging it at 200 miles an hour swing speed and you've got five degrees loft on your driver? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're trying our, our guts out here, but it's like what the way you're trying to play golf, and I, it's not working. No. Let's face it. It's not working. Everyone just wants to line up and watch Bryson of old. Sure, he's going to come out and have a tournament every year and, and, and do, do very well like he did at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But you've got to get him on the right golf course because, you know, Rawson George is just taking it on like he did. I mean, it's, it's, it's just not going to work, even though he had a good last day to move up there. to. But the Open Championship isn't fit for that. Um, no. It's just not going to happen. There's only one bully who's won around there playing bullyish golf, and that's John Daly back in 1995. But that was at St Andrews, and he won in inclement weather. So, you know, you've got to tack your way around Bryson's game. But but getting back to the manufacturer, I just looked at that and I went, mate, you know, throw some. <laughs> just honestly, <laughs> you are an immature and. You know, there's a lot of knobs in the fairway there, down there at Royal St. George's. Bryson, you fit right in. <laughs> I love the manufacturer's response. Uh, did you see this quote? It's like an eight-year-old that gets mad at you. They fly off the handle and say, I hate you, but then go, whoa, no, you don't. And I just think that kind of that kind of summed it up for the manufacturer kind of to describe him as an eight-year-old. It's Ben Showman, who's, I think, the, the manufacturer's tour operations manager. And I think they've, they've at least Bryson apologised, but I just think I thought it was pathetic. And I, I think he's got to watch that, hasn't he? Let's be honest, he's got to watch that. You know, he's, he's, he's been involved in a couple of rules infractions. He's had a couple of run-ins, say, with the media. There's a few things that have gone on. For all the respect we give Bryson for what he's done and what he's achieved, there's a side of him that needs to just be a little careful, isn't there? I don't think he cares. I honestly don't. I don't think he cares. And I'm starting to... Like we said, you said last time in, in episode two that, you know, I feel sorry for Bryson and Brooks, you, you're a bully. And I was sort of sitting there with you and agreeing with you, but now it's just reversed from last week. And Brooks, maybe Brooks is like, I've had enough of this guy. And uh, I heard that, you know, at the Ryder Cup, they got in the locker room and Brooks manned up to Bryson and said, listen, this has got to stop. This has to stop. And Bryson said, yes, okay. And then Bryson kicked it off again. And Brooks mm. said, righto, gloves off. Gloves off. Yeah. It's, it, it's happening. So I'm, yeah. I'm with Brooks right now. Yeah. I, I, well, I I'm, I'm, I'm with Brooks and, and it's not very good. I've asked the question. I've said, is this for real? And, and, the, and the people are going, yeah, this is for real. This, is, this isn't good. I just can't wait for him to get paired together. I know. That's the thing, though. It's intriguing, isn't it? I was with, I was with Bryson. I was against Brooks. Now I'm with now I'm with Brooks. I wonder who I'll yeah. side with next episode. But I agree. Isn't it intriguing? I mean, look, we're talking about it. The fans have got behind it because they love a bit, bit of needle, bit of back and forth. I mean, it's it's getting people talking, isn't it? Yeah. Back in my day, if there was a feud like this, we would be told, not that there ever was, but mm. um, that we would be told to pull our heads in. Uh, but the, everyone just seems to let it go. Everyone's enjoying it. It's yeah. it's like something on front page of OK magazine, isn't it? It's, it's like, it's pretty bizarre. It's pretty bizarre, yeah. but I, I, I like it. 
I do. You wouldn't have got involved in any of that stuff, would you, back in the no, day? No, I've had my times and um, that sort of, you know, but you, you, there's always someone you don't get on with, but you just yeah. stay away. He's practising up there. You just go up the other end. doesn't Ooh. matter. Ooh. Um, no, no. They're, they're, honestly, there weren't too many guys. There were, there were. I tell you what, yeah. There's an English golfer when I was when I was started on tour who was just a little cocky all the time, and yeah. he and he knows who he is. His name's Mike McLean from Kent. I always thought okay. he was so full of himself, and I, I, I just, he I, was always uh, to me. I, I just, as you say, over here, smarmy. Yeah, smarmy. That's a good word. Mike, if you're listening. I love you. Love you. <laughs> What's in the past has been and gone. Yeah, of course it is. Because, <laughs> Mike, I hope you're going well on the Champions yeah. Legends yeah. Tour. Yeah. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Yeah, I hope you enjoy the podcast, Mike. <laughs> right. Uh, good, bad, and the fugly. Uh, for my good this week, Radar, I don't know if you've seen any of it, Jung and Lee 6, equaling the lowest ever major tournament round by shooting 61 Friday at the Evian Championship, one of five majors, of course, in the women's game. 10 under par, but 61. She's a quality player. She won the uh, US Women's Open uh, back in 2019, but 61 on Friday. It was some round of golf. So that's uh, that's my good for this week. And also, I must just mention as well, because I am a massive fan, always have been, Ricky Fowler, his mini resurgence. We're kind of waiting for Ricky to get back to his best, hopefully get back in the winner's circle soon. We're recording this on a Saturday, but he started off uh, the 3M Open, opening round 64 to share the opening round lead. Good news for Ricky Fowler, bogey-free as well. I'd love to see him getting back to somewhere near his best and, and hopefully trying to pick up another victory on tour. So that's my good. We need Ricky. No, we good do. shouts. Oh, the lady in, um, in, in Switzerland, some of the shots she was hitting, uh, just a proper golfer. Um, you wonder where she's been. Okay, she's won a major, yeah, but uh, that looks a magnificent event. Have you ever been there, Sarah? Evie, no, I haven't. No, I, again, I've I've covered it in studios for Sky. I've not actually been. I'd love to go. It's it's quite a quirky golf course, um, up and down elevation changes. Um, but yeah, it looks stunning, doesn't it? Right by the lake there, it's beautiful. I'd yeah, love to go. it does. It looks absolutely magnificent, and it reminds us you've been up on the mountain for the European Masters up in Crown. Yeah, exactly. yeah that, that's just the same sort of thing. Yeah, magnificent place to play golf. Stunning. So, what about you? What's your good? This this episode. This look, my good is 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 everything's going back to normal. I keep on going about this and the Open Championship. The the, the majors are done. The majors are yeah. over now. And now, when things are over, you go, oh, it's it's over. It's not. Now we're looking forward to uh, on Sky. We're both involved. Is is the playoffs? We're coming into the place where they give, like, oh, I don't know how much money they give now. I mean, is it 10 million now? Or is it 15 million? Or is it 20 million? DJ oh. won last year. We finished at Eastlake. I'm back there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving on the 16th, which is a great sign for, for, for us to be able to, for me to get, be able to go over there and commentate on these playoffs. And, and we're getting back to normal. And that's good. And until. We, as we keep moving forward, that will be my good. I mean, there's loads of good in our game. I mean, look at it. It's healthy. It's women and men are playing in the same events. You know, like Americans are winning. You know, we've got the Olympics going on, golf in the Olympics. Who's going to win that? Um, yeah. Let's hope Morikawa. Honestly, I'd love an Aussie to win. You'd love a Brit to win. But Morik, you know, like Matsuyama, Matsuyama to win there in Japan. Could you imagine? Uh -huh. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, our game 
is in. My good is our game is so healthy. And um, that's, I couldn't ask for more. Definitely. So you're going back to States. I'm excited to see you back in the States, back to your favorite restaurants, Chipotle and, you know, all the lovely American food that you, uh, that you chow down. No, Cheesecake Factory. There you go. There you I go. like Cheesecake Factory. Not for the cheesecakes. I like, I like 12 chicken wings. I like a large cob salad. Blue cheese sauce on the side, please. And I'll have a large Diet Coke. Not. And um, I like the steakhouses over there, even though they charge like wounded bulls when you go to a steakhouse over there. It costs you, that's a hundred for a hundred bucks for, for a, a decent steak and some cream spinach on the side. But uh, yeah, I love it. You know, it, it's, it's marvellous. I mean, over there, Ridge Chris is, is, is one of that's the That's great, isn't yeah. it? That's, that's the best. Love it, love it. Hyde Park's and, another good one. Yeah, definitely. So you're back out for uh, Tour Champs? Yeah, all- three of them. Three, three of them. The first three, uh, so it's going to be really good. First one is in New Jersey. So, uh, yeah, I fly on the 16th. So it's um, – it's, that, that's – look, that, that's, um, that's touch wood, but it's 99% unless something really changes as we're doing this, uh, as you say, on a Saturday. Um, well before that, we might even get another one in before, before, before I go, which is about five weeks' time, four weeks' time. So right now, yeah, I can – I'm sure the boss wouldn't mind me announcing that we – doing everything to get um, a man on the ground over there shall we sh- so we can shove, sorry, Beamer back in the box. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, my bad this month, just a little bit, a little unfair, I think, that sometimes, the, you know, the bigger groups um, or the marquee groups, the star names, have more help finding balls from crowds, marshals, you know, they're kind of at a big advantage. I know that's par for the course, isn't it? They're, they're the TV groups and... You know, they've got more people watching and following. But sometimes, you know, that, that can seem a little unfair. Would you agree with that? Or you just think it's, it's, it's how it is? Yeah, I agree with it. And I'll also say how it is. It's just, um, you know, the guys, the lesser likes, if you like, horrible thing to say, but the lesser likes play better. You, you know, yeah. you're going to get, um, you know, your ball's not going to fly into the jungle as much. And it's just a simple fact. The better you play, um, the more breaks you are going to get, you know. But if you look at – it evens itself out. If you look at the the great players, the star-studded groups, they go out usually when the wind is about. Mm. And then if you're a, a newcomer, you get yourself a, a 2.30 Thursday tea time and you go, oh, this is no good. you got to remember, if you're off at 2.30, first two days, two and a half hours, you're getting to 5 o'clock to play your back nine on mm. a first day, usually the wind's gone. So yeah. you, you're getting an advantage there. You Look, you've got to take your advantages in golf when you can, and that'll get you to the top. Look, at the end of the day, finding a ball. Don't don't miss a fairway and you won't lose No, it. exactly. I think just the, the number of crowds for those bigger names and the marshals around, the number of people who are there to help, you know, look look for the balls which are offline you know you're at a massive advantage but hey that's what it is and um fugly for me i'm gonna have another dig at bryson not shouting for claiming he does 99 percent of the time i know we talk about this in golf it's quite a contentious issue not enough players seemingly when we always talk about it when we're covering events sky or in studio on the road not shouting for enough bryson clearly doesn't but he says he does and that's something that needs everybody needs to get better at it's a little fugly because dangerous. They're hitting it offline into the galleries, into the crowds. They need to be shouting for, they need to be doing this. Absolutely. 
Uh, it, growing up in Australia, I mean, it was like, and it scared the hell out of you when I was playing the, the Sunday four ball with grown men, you know, as a junior. You know, if you hit it offline, which I, we all did, it, it was like the four. Any Australian who gets a chance to sort of become loud and melodious is, is going to do it. And it's any excuse. Oh! I mean, we could, people who don't shout for, I just, I think it's, they should be fined. I mean, yeah. honestly, you can hit some person on the head, a child, an old lady, an old man, you know, you, how are you going to feel then? It's happened to me actually at Royal Troon in the Open Championship, but there was, certainly was a four on a par three. I pulled it badly and uh, I hit a kid on the head and, um, you know, it, 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 there was a four and all that. And I walked up there and there was actually blood on the ball. I'll never forget it. And um, he was fine. He was fine. He was taken away and he saw me at the end of the day. He had a big bandage on his head and he was oh. smiling. He was like, oh, this is great. I mean, no, it's not, man. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't for me because, you know, I couldn't play golf for the rest of the day, really. It was just yeah. uh, it really does startle you when you hit someone. So, you know, you'll fall for heaven's sake. It doesn't. Not difficult, is it? That's the thing. It's not a hardship. You just, you know, you know, it's offline. You stick your hand out and you yell as yeah. loud as you can. That's it's it. not hard. Yeah. Not hard. 100%. Um, what's your fugly? Anything this month? Well, my fugly is um, people questioning Louis's bottle. Uh, he, 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 I don't know what's going on there, but look, he was outplayed on Sunday, but that happens. You know, it just happens. Louis won an open championship. He's won down in South Africa a lot, on the European Tour a lot. Okay, never won over on the PGA Tour, and I can't understand why. But he's trending in the right direction. We know how well he can swing. We always speak how, of his golf swing. But now we can talk about another part of his game, which is his putter, and he's ranked number one on the PGA Tour. That is a wicked combination to swing it so silky smooth and to putt great. So he's trending in the right direction. And uh, look, it's been a great career and people shouldn't should lay off him because what he is, is, is uh, truly great for our game. And his time again will come. Look, we haven't wrapped our lips around the claret jug. He has. Hoo-ha. Agree. Right now, we've kind of agreed with each other all episode. This is a this is a rarity. We normally disagree on something, but we've no, been quite friendly. We've been, been quite friendly today. Yeah, it's been good. It's been fun. It's been fun. And just time to finish with our little we like our little predictions, don't we? Just at the end of our episode. So my prediction, I'm just gonna I'm gonna we've touched on the Olympics, but I'm just gonna say my prediction. It's always kind of picking a winner. It's it's the kind of the simplest way to go. I'm gonna say Tommy Fleetwood will medal at the Olympics. That's my prediction. I'm getting all patriotic. Fleetwood to medal at the Olympics. Okay. Uh, that's your prediction. Yeah, not a bad shout. I'm going to go for the playoffs. We've got, let's talk about Morikawa, Spieth, Brooks, Bryson, Rory. Um, who's going to win? Who's going to take the jackpot? Look, Morikawa. Mm, I'm going to go Spieth. I think Spieth is really uh, moving in the right direction. And uh, look out for him. Because he's coming back and he's building as much confidence as anyone to come from a hellhole after winning three majors to come out into the light in which he has to come so close at the open where he has won before at the same kind of age as Morikawa. Anything Morikawa can do, I've already done, uh, Spieth can say. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm going speed. So that's going to be – I'm so looking forward to the place. It's such a great time of year. But, yeah, you've got that uh, Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, what, what colour? 
Well, I'm not going to, I'm not putting my neck on the line. I'm going to say he'll medal. I'm not saying which one. What colour? Um, silver. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. There you have I, it. I'm loving, I've sort of the picture, have you seen the pictures of him and, and PC, Paul Casey, dressed up in their, in their GB tracksuits with, you know, with their caddies, Finno and Johnny Longsocks. And I think we've talked about it. We don't just go into all that again, but I think some, some players are really getting on board with the Olympics, others aren't. Yep. But I think those two really are. And I think it'd be so cool. Obviously, Justin Rose, they've got him to look up to what he did in Rio 2016. I think, yeah, I'd love to see, I'd love to see Tommy picking up a medal. So The only thing is the golfers only have one chance. The lady yeah. and the men, they have one chance to win the medal. Yeah. You know, the runners, yeah. they have all sorts of – and swimmers, they come home with six. A golfer can't come home with six. No. He can come home with one. So there's a lot of pressure on this. I'd really like to see someone who wins the Olympics from almost a non-golfing country, like a, a, a like a, a minnow country in golf, but they have a superstar in the making that goes on there and wins it, and it'll just project our game in the right um, in the right direction. I really hope it's someone that we don't expect. Agree, and I think. That's that's the thing. The naysayers, I know we have different views on this, but the naysayers that golf shouldn't be an Olympic sport. One of the big pluses, the big pros is that it it, it celebrates our game and portrays it to a global audience. It shows the world how great our game of golf is. And that can only be it. That can only be a good thing. Yep. Well Absolutely. Said. So thank you for listening, everybody. Just about wraps up episode three of Sturkers and Radar. Just a reminder, Sturkers Radar on Twitter at Sturkers Radar on Twitter and at Sturkers and Radar Pod on Insta. And if you check out Radar on his very own personal account, you may see another topless video over the next few weeks. How about that? Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Gee, please. Thank you so much for listening, Radar. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, Sturkers and Radar and Cuts brought to you by Ping. Ping, play your best. This has been a Monkey Pants Productions podcast.